come from? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. Are you ready? Okay. And here we go. Is that for real? That was the Joker from The Dark Knight. Oh my god, guys. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I'm sitting here with Heath Ledger. And it's the podcast from outer space with your boy Rob Scott. We got Adam Narlock in the house tonight. Hey guys, thanks for listening. And as always, it's Ryan Scott. Hello, everybody. And this is episode 46, boys. Can you believe it? And as you might have guessed from Adam's voice, we're talking about the Batman. Yes, uh, back to comics. Been a while, right? Been a while since we did a good comic. Um, Now, also, is this our first dive into a DC comic? Am I right in that? I think you are, buddy. Fact check. I do believe you are correct. Now, what better one to start with than Mr. Bruce Wayne himself, a.k.a. the Caped Crusader, a.k.a. the Dark Knight, a.k.a. the world's greatest detective? Mm-hmm. He is among the most identifiable comic book characters, and I think the argument can be made, most famous superhero of all time? Who do you think is more famous than him? Best superhero of all time? In my book. Well, we know that. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Bruce Wayne over there. (laughs) Now, what about famous? I mean, what, Superman or Spider-Man, I'm thinking, is the only other two up there. Yeah. I could agree with that, I guess. Arguably the oldest and I was thinking of this. Well, I think Superman, Superman's the oldest. Yeah. Now, also the worst. <laughs> stories of of Batman. I mean, we all grew up with Batman, so you know, let her rip. <laughs> I think the first. Well, I don't remember it, but obviously, back in the day, I had the uh, original 1989 Batman poster hanging on my wall since birth, pretty much. um but i think the the thing that i can most remember is waking up with you on saturday mornings watching the animated series i think that's what really got me into it batman the animated series i will say that is probably my i mean that's i think the greatest batman of all time that has ever been i don't know that batman ninja that we watched pretty sick well that's cool but does that compare well, I mean, obviously, for the nostalgia point, obviously. I will say that obviously. the animated series is probably my favorite. Okay. But if we're talking movies, I think I'll go with OG. Didn't y'all have the uh, the Batman bed sheets that were, like, white and they had, like, the blueprints? Yeah, yeah dude, yeah. I had those, too. Super Yeah, weird. everybody did. Yeah. Those were famous. We also had the Batcave, hmm. the original Batmobile that my mom sold at a fucking garage sale and i was really pissed and i bought a 89 batmobile at a yard sale from my neighbor for 50 cents and then he wanted it back for me because <laughs> <laughs> he was hoping to make 20 bucks off that he told his mom mm. <laughs> yeah, 50 cents so you know obviously the toys the movies um the comics all big stuff i mean batman was huge as we'll get into now um yeah Dude, I had like a Batman costume. 
Me too. And I'm pretty sure I wore it to school for like the first couple months of like <laughs> kindergarten. <laughs> like I didn't want to take it off. I wore it every Halloween. Isn't that from like a movie? No, this is my life. <laughs> yeah, but what? <laughs> it might have been in a movie too, but I need to sue them. Well, we have photographic evidence that I was Batman and Ryan dressed up like Robin for Halloween. Yep. This explains a lot in your relationship. And this guy did not like it. <laughs> no, I will Much say like the though, real Robin. I will say though, um, Batman, you know, for me, and I feel like a lot of other little brothers out there will also <laughs> feel they were stuck playing Robin. Yep. And that's just the way it was, you know? And so when I saw Robin on the big screen, it resonated with me because I saw Yourself? myself up there. Mm, mm. <laughs> Looking into a mirror, basically. So getting right into this, the creators, uh, Batman created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Mm. Now, these guys were part of the original generation of comic book artists, uh, writers of the so-called golden age. And, you know, I think we've talked about this before. These guys really just got kind of fucked over by the comic world. But they're both in the comic hall of fame. I, yeah, exactly. But, you know... The comic book world, what do we we always talk about how like convoluted it gets with rights and you know, a lot of the early stuff, it's very uh a lot of red tape, right? Mm. You know, because it's like nobody knew that comics were gonna be this huge industry that it is today. And so a lot of times the uh rights get fucking mixed up, you know, some guy like the guys that made um Superman. Uh, those guys got fucking screwed. Like, they just bought the idea of Superman and became this fucking million-dollar, billion-dollar idea, and they're fucking sitting there with their thumbs up their asses, got fucking 50 cents and a fucking hot dog. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you know? I like to think that these guys went into creating their comic with a Puritan idea. Like, they didn't go in it for the money. It's like me being a teacher. Yeah. Didn't get into it for the money. They wanted to do something. They wanted to express their thoughts, their feelings, share their stories, find a hero for themselves that just happened. Yeah, but you know, a shit ton of cash. Going off of that, like with anything, you do something that you like and then you never um, it's going to pay off mm. in the long run, right? You never work a day in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. They, and these guys, they were taken advantage of maybe, mm. basically. So, you know, the going off the creation of this, I mean, we'll get into the whole story. Um with the success of Superman in the late 30s, National Comics, which would go on to become DC, was like, oh, dude, we need more of this. We need more superheroes. Um, We want to write more of these guys, publish more of these magazines. Now, in response, Bob Kane and Bill Finger created The Batman. And if you think about it, he's not even truly a superhero. Mm -hmm. Come on, Mm -hmm. guys. (laughs) He's not. He's more... This is what I've been getting at is like... Because when they created him, like, a, the idea of a superhero was in its infancy. I mean, there was only Superman. Like, it, like, when you think of a superhero nowadays, you think of guy in a cape, has a strong moral backbone. Some kind of superpower. Yep, some kind of superpower. Um, and, boom, that's, like, the basic outline. Batman, they were just like, oh, he's essentially like a fucking 40s film noir detective Playboy in a Superman suit. Yep. <laughs> in yep. a Superman suit. Like they that's what they were saying when they created and they basically took these detective tales and stories and put a suit on it. Mm. Boom. Superhero. Boom. Uh now Bob Kane, 
let's get into this guy, Bob Kane, kind of a dick from uh, the interviews I saw with him. Uh, now, he was one of the first. This guy actually became like, uh, I know we talked about Stan Lee being like huge, probably the most famous character in the comic industry. Bob Kane really was the first one of them. He was the first guy that was like catapulted into stardom. Uh, he became famous by selling it off, and then they did the 60s series with uh, Adam West. Uh, now, this guy was born Robert Kahn in New York City in 1915, uh, graduated from DeWitt Clinton High School, and then legally changed his name to Fuck. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a PH, but seeing it on a license is still he, pretty shocking. So he legally changed his name upon graduating high school to Robert Kane. Uh, he studied at Cooper Union before joining Max Fleischer Studio. Big um, Chicago Blackhawks fan. It, it's true, right here. Guy's name Robert Dix. Yep. Bob. His Dick. name is Bob, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we need to start calling you Bob. Oh, Bob. All right, now. No, thanks. So he joins Max Fleischer Studio. Um, this These guys created Betty Boop, Popeye. They, like, animated him um, as a trainee animator in 1934. Uh, and he would go on to work on, like, you know, a few lesser-known titles, random pulp magazines here and there. Um, now... Bob Kane says he was inspired by the likes of Zorro, the 1920 silent film, and by Leonardo da Vinci's sketch of an ornithopter. Ornithopter. Okay. okay. Uh, it's a flying device, uh, which he had seen as a child. Uh, now, this served as his initial inspiration for um, the first drafts of the Cape Crusader that became the Batman. Now, check that out. We'll back. Take a look at the bat wing bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hey, so basically, the formula is just combine two things, and you got yourself a superhero. <laughs> yeah. Is that what we should be doing instead of this podcast? Combining random ass things. Give Why don't? Go. Okay. How about this? Let's spot some ideas off. Right I just now. sparked an idea right here. Go ahead. Now this is going to take some work. Like with any great idea, yep. teabag, it takes a little work, a little uh, elbow grease. Like t-shirt designs, yeah. Or responding to text messages. Yep. <laughs> now, <laughs> so you come up with the idea. Uh -huh. Like you said, you put two ideas together. You could do this with anything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the kids do it. All right, you jot up some notes. Yeah. So you're going to have... This is going to be their homework this <laughs> hey, week. Homework this week. Homework. Right, come up with a superhero. Just combine two <laughs> ideas. Steal the ideas. <laughs> yeah. I feel like somebody actually did that. There we go. Like that's a thing. Then you pay them twenty bucks. I'll give them an A. You get all the money. Off yeah. Of it. Now, okay. How about this? So you come up with the idea. You've yep. got a. Well, he's not actually coming up with. The all right. Idea. Well, for yeah. argument's sake, you've got a <laughs> dossier of superheroes. Yep. Then you write stories, and we do them like a radio play. Mm. We can do that in between episodes. More content. Oh, maybe Rob could animate a few episodes. Uh, no, that's way too hard. <laughs> it'll be, <laughs> it'll be like, uh, you know, um, I can just do the covers for what they might look like. H.G. Wells, War of the Worlds. Mm. We could do a radio play like that. Be some voice actors. Yeah, you can okay. plug your nose, do the yeah. do the narration. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, also, sidebar. I was watching Popeyes with my nephews the other day, and they asked me why they stopped making Popeye, and I honestly didn't have an answer for them. Outdated, dude. Really? Yeah. You think so? It's, it's, the ship has sailed. In this day and age, how everybody's hitting the gym, even our very own Rob Stone is hitting the gym to try and get in shape. 
his girlfriend and trying to get him to eat more spinach. Well, Popeye would be the perfect role model instead of fucking Bruce Wayne over here. <laughs> okay. I'm well, so get bitches, get money. Back to Bruce you Wayne. You better edit that out so he stays out of trouble. Back to Bruce Wayne. Back to Bob Kane, creative him. Um, of the creation, uh, Bob Kane says the following. One day I called Billis today. I got a freaking new character called the Batman. I've had some crude elementary sketches I like you to take a fucking look at. He came over, I showed him the friggin' drawings. I said, hey, I only got a small domino mask on Batman's face. Bill said, hey, why not make him look more like a bat and put a fucking hood on him? <laughs> I said, take the eyeballs out and just put the fucking slits for eyes. Make him look like more mysterious, eh? At this point, the Batman wore a red union suit. The wings, trunks, and mask were black. I thought, eh, red and black, eh, it's a good combination, eh? Uh, Bill said the costume was too bright. Color it dark and gray makes him more look ominous, you know? The cape looked two stiff bat wings attached to his arms, and Bill and I talked. We realized that these wings would get too cumbersome when the Batman's in action and change them to a cape. A freaking cape, you know? It looks like the bat wings when he's fighting or swinging down on a rope. I said, hey, he don't got no gloves on, so he won't leave no fingerprints. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> you see, he's on. I told you. Whatever he's Now, so, copy, give him more. what do we make of this? I mean, basically, Bill's got the rough idea, mm. and this Bill guy just, or um, Bob's got the rough idea. This Bill guy basically just spruced it up, right? They do it up. Like, Bob, yeah, see, what do we think of Bob's the, character? The kids come up with the characters. We spruce it up. So You can't <laughs> say that on air. So then that's reverse because Bob is the guy who went on to basically own Batman. Well, it seems like it's like if I had a drawing, let's say, for instance, I do a drawing. I'm like, hey, what do you guys think of this? And you're like, uh, you could tweak this. You could tweak that. At the end of the day, it's still my drawing. You guys just gave me some helpful suggestions. Okay. Okay. So, okay. But still we're saying, you know, collaborative effort from these guys. Oh, okay. So Bob Kane. He basically shows Batman to the editor at the time, Vin Sullivan, um, um, with, Sully. without Bill. Apparently, they it, like ghostwriting. This is again. I mean, how many times are we gonna say this? How many times did we talk about this before? Mm-hmm. Um, early comics, they were just like, "Hey, I'll pay this freaking guy, do do me some sketches, do me some drawings, and then boom, I'm freaking, I got a comic." It's like Drake, you know, he's giving the guys yeah, a couple thousand exactly, bucks for the writing. Exactly. So without, uh, so Bob Kane is the Drake. Of uh, the comic book. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so without Bill, he shows a um, he shows Batman to the editor, and he's like, "Hey, he strikes a deal right there on the spot, negotiated deal um, without including Bill to have Bo- created Batman created by Bob Kane on all the titles moving forward." Now, fast forward a little bit, you know, Batman launched into superstardom, huge success around the '60s. Bob Kane, you know, he's wheeling, he's dealing, he's selling the rights to Batman. A lot like Stan Lee, he kind of takes a bit of a back seat. Uh, I mean, he was a little more hands-off than Stan Lee. Oh, are you saying there wasn't a little bit of him inside of Bruce? <laughs> well, there was a lot of him inside of Bruce, and we'll get into that later as well. But, uh, you know, so he takes a back seat to this stuff, basically sits back. You know, he's got, I guess, like a percentage deal worked out. And he's launched into kind of a minor celebrity status. I mean, you know, by the time the 60s hit with the show, Bob was fucking everywhere, you know, wearing 
Batman's mask, doing interviews. Hey, I created Batman. I created Batman, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, he's inducted into numerous comic book Hall of Fames, uh, serves as a consultant on the Burton and Schumacher films, and he's even received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Now that you mention it, uh, yeah. Now, Bob Kane died on November 3rd, 1998. Pour one out for this guy at Cedars Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles at the age of 83. So, obviously, this Bill guy, he's just as much of a success, correct? Not so. The story of Batman's creation, it's a tale as old as time, guys. I mean, we've seen it before with Facebook, we've seen it with um, Microsoft, um, Alexander Graham Bell. And essentially, what I've gathered, any idea that's going to make money, you get this story. Somebody comes in there to swindle it, capitalize. Sriracha at McDonald's, my idea. Just throwing that out there. And they stole it. (laughs) (laughs) That's not an idea. (laughs) You said, wait, they now have Sriracha at McDonald's? Dude, listen, one time, we were eating the breakfast chicken sandwiches. It was my whole family. And I was like, yo, you know, a big bomb on this chicken sandwich, some sriracha. No more than a month later, McDonald's just dropped this whole, like, sriracha breakfast sandwich, sriracha sandwiches. And I was, dude, Big Brother was listening. But you just had the idea to put a sauce on a McDonald's sandwich. Somebody had to come up with it. <laughs> Someone had to put in the elbow grease. So... Okay, so, you know, back to this whole scandal with uh, Bill Finger not getting the credit he deserved. Uh, There's actually a a documentary on Hulu that I watched. I did not know any of this um, before watching this. I did not know that. Did you know that? And it's kind of, it's done by this guy, Mark uh, Tyler Nobleman. Um, You know, check this documentary out if you're interested. I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting, pretty sad. Now, essentially, the story of Bill Finger... I'll try to sum it up as much as possible. A.K.A. Milton Finger. Yep. He did not receive um, any credit for his hand in the development of Batman. Bob Kane did acknowledge uh, Finger's contributions years after his death. So obviously, you know, can't make any money off of it. Uh, But Bill Finger, uh, he's born Milton Finger in Denver, Colorado in 1914. Same year as Jack Parsons. uh, To a Jewish family... Finger graduated from DeWitt Clinton High School, same as Bob, uh, in the Bronx in 1933. Uh, He was an aspiring writer, a part-time shoe salesman, and this is when he kind of joined forces with Bob Kane. Um, He came on to the studio, and after meeting Bob Kane at a party, as they were both um, DeWitt Clinton alums, Kane's like, hey, Let's strike up this deal. Uh, apparently, they used to like go to this park in New York and talk about the ideas for Batman. Basically, a handshake for him to ghostwrite Batman. Bill Finger, he wrote both the initial scripts for Batman's debut in Detective Comics 27. Um, he wrote the character's second appearance while Bob provided the art. Um, Batman proved a huge success. Um, and Finger went on to write many of the early Batman stories, including making major contributions to the Joker character. Like, essentially, everything that is Batman, like Batcave, Batmobile, um, freaking Robin, like, Bill wrote in all of this stuff. Uh, And you don't have that without Bill. Now, in 1989... 
This is when uh, Bob Kane acknowledged Finger as a contributing force in the character's creation, and he wrote... Now that my longtime friend and collaborator is gone, I must admit that Bill never received the fame and recognition that he deserved. He's an unsung hero. I often tell my wife if I could go back 15 years before he died, I would like to say, hey, I'll put your name on it now. You deserve it. So this is what Bob would go on to write about Bill. Now, Bill really got the short end of the stick here. He died penniless and alone and unknown in 1974. Guy was actually... Buried in a pauper's grave in a potter's field. Uh, <laughs> you know what that is? That's just like these basically mass graves with unmarked headstones. Like the guy in the documentary, like one of his friends was another writer. He goes on to like describe. Um, he like lived in this studio apartment in Manhattan and like went home and he hadn't heard from him for like three days and he went in and he was just like dead laying under this blanket alone with this little TV on. Very sad. Uh, Died, you know, died alone. Didn't get the recognition, didn't get credit on any of the Batman comics. Um, Although there are some people that claim that his body was claimed by his son Fred um, who had him cremated and spread his ashes in the shape of a bat on a beach in Oregon. Mm. Now, God only knows what really happened. Um, but anyways, you know, this documentary tells the story of... Uh, this guy actually, like, traces down some of his, like, long-lost relatives, Bill Fingers, and they kind of fight DC and Warner Brothers to get Finger the credit he deserved. Now, Finger, like, his contributions were insane. Instead of the simple mask, you know, like he had the mask like Robin, he decided to give him the cow, the wings, the gloves. Um, again, the beard. He's, a finger even came up with the name uh, Bruce Wayne from the uh, for the character Secret Identity. As he says, Bruce Wayne's first name came from Robert Bruce, a Scottish patriot, and Wayne was a playboy he thought of Mad Anthony Wayne. Now, he later said that his suggestions were influenced by Lee Falk's popular The Phantom, um, which was syndicated newspaper comic strip at the time. Also a great movie with Billy Zane. Had the ring from 7-Eleven. <laughs> oh, yes, dude. Glad we all did. <laughs> so Phantom influenced Finger in coming up with, you know, the detective aspect of Batman. Now, so what are we thinking of this story? I mean, I, there's basically two schools of thought. I think... It's fucked up. This guy basically swindled, Bob basically swindled Bill out of the ideas because this guy came up with a lot of, like he made a lot of contributions that made Batman what it was. But at the same time, without Bob, like Bob was the deal guy. He took it to the editor. He said, hey, like we need to do this, this, this. He got the ball rolling. He did all the business side of it. Put in the elbow grease, some might say. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe Bill just didn't speak up. He could have said, hey, no, I want to be credited on here, but he never did. So Bob just kind of went with it, and it just snowballed into... He said, hey, you're being a freaking bitch, all right? Batman is mine. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> basically just stealing it from him. I mean, what do we think of that idea? Well, didn't he, he did get paid for it. It's not like he just forced him to write it. Yeah, but, Locked you know... Locked him up in a fucking office. That... Yeah, I mean, Bill, Bob became a fucking celeb. And was making fucking money off the TV show. I mean, I'm sure his family still makes money off of... Well, he's responsible for the art, right? Yes. 
poor Milton fucking died alone with his TV on. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's the difference of being a writer and an artist. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, Milton also gave him all the ideas for that art. Not all of them. No, see, this would be this would be exactly this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Rob is he, he is Bob Kane. It's the name. He's he's swindling these ideas. He's taking them out and saying, oh, "I came up with this." Hey, what? He's gonna come up with a T-shirt design one day, sell them all for the money, and when you and I die off, he'll go. Eh, I wish I would have been nicer to those guys. <laughs> yeah, he seems like a nice guy. <laughs> exactly. I mean. Uh, I mean, I think Bob saying that is kind of like he has some sort of regret of not putting his name on there. But also, I mean, I don't know. Is that just, hey, that's fucking business, man. You get fucking boxed out sometimes. It's like the it's like um, Zuckerberg stealing it from these Winklebrass twins. Winklebrass? Is, <laughs> is that a real name? <laughs> yeah, like these uh, Winkle guys. Didn't you see the social network? Yeah. They like had the idea. It's been a while. He yeah. lived it. You, I know. you lived it. Oh my God. You know, so you are familiar with the story. I didn't know it was Winklebrass. It's <laughs> something like that. I don't I don't I don't know. Semantics. Semantics, yeah. So what what are we thinking? Are we for Bob? Are we saying he's he's a great guy? To an extent. <laughs> yeah, that's. I kind of fell on the side I mean, that's of like kind of a douchebag move, but at the same time, it's like if the guy wasn't douchebag, but I guess we'll never know. Well, in the documentary, they just fucking tear down his name, which I think is a little excessive. Like, yes, get Bill the credit, but you don't have to vilify Bob. Mm. You well, know? that's what I'm saying. It's not like he was like, "Hey, fuck you, Bill. Keep writing that shit." <laughs> yeah, like just, just not, whipping him. Yeah, locked up in his basement <laughs> yeah. or something. Gone to his head. <laughs> it's like obviously uh, they both were working on it together, but and he just hired him as a ghostwriter, and then basically took all of the ideas on to like become the success that it was. Now, again, I think without both of them, you don't have Batman. You know, Bob mm. did the fucking business side, the idea side, and. um Bill basically wrote all the stories, all the jelly, all the filling that mm. made it what it was. But you know, that's what we got. I mean, now Bill, the first, you know, what the first movie uh, Bill Finger got credit on was The Dark Knight. Nope. Backdoor Sluts Nine. Batman vs Superman. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, <laughs> so he, he just got, gave that guy even more injustice. That's exactly, up, man. like he's it's actually called Dawn of Justice. They're fighting and fighting oh. and fighting for, um, you know, they're fighting and fighting and fighting for his credit, and then finally they stag it on probably one of the worst Batman. This movies man's all rolling time. over in his grave. Now I think it is ironic that the guy who helped create Batman, uh, you know, Justice, not for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it's dawn of justice. It's just the start of the justice. So getting on to this um, Hollywood star is next. All right, let's get it. So we got the creation story down, you know. Uh, but the origin of Batman himself. So first appeared in the case of the Chemical Syndicate, um, Detective Comics number twenty-seven in May of nineteen thirty-nine. Uh, Batman received his own solo title in nineteen forty. And his origin story was written in issue number 33, while Robin was introduced in number 38. Now, unlike most superheroes, as we said, Batman does not possess any superpowers. 
Um, he basically relies on his intellect, his physical powers, and his martial arts ability, uh, his detective skills, you know, science, technology. Um, he's a rich guy. <laughs> uh, and, you know, uh, so what are we feeling about that, you know? Oh, Rob's in love. Here's his man crush right there. Unbelievable. <laughs> Now, Batman's origin, you know, revealed in issue number 33, uh, November of 1939. It was a two-page story that established uh, Batman's persona, you know, why he fights. Um, Character driven by, we know the story, death of his parents, killed in an alley by a robber. Um, Finger did write this, uh, you know, depicting a young Bruce Wayne witnessing his parents' murder at the hands of a mugger. and, you know, he basically vowed from then on out um, that he will avenge his parents' deaths by giving the rest of his life, um, fighting crime, getting justice. Now, uh, the comics develop, like, all of Batman's stories, his villains, everything we know. Um, Robin was introduced again, Bill Finger's suggestion, because he says um, Batman needs a Watson because he was a detective, you know, kind of based on Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. Yeah. When they introduced Robin, sales nearly double. Um, And even though Bob Kane was like, nah, we need to keep Batman solo. Uh, But the sales doubled, so Robin became a hit. Um, Now There you go, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Justice for you, finally. The first issue of the solo spinoff series, Batman, was notable for introducing two of his most prominent enemies, the Joker and Catwoman. Also, what I was reading is, like, Batman in the early days of the comics used to carry around a gun. Mm, I've heard that, And I think, but he only shot one guy, which was, like, the vampire monk, because he shot him with a silver bullet, just riddled him with bullets. From his nine. Nice. Now, uh, but... Unloaded the clip on him? Yeah, they eventually changed that because, like we said, the idea of a superhero was getting more evolved. So they were like, hey, Batman, we can't have him using a gun. You know, that's too dumb. Such a bad example for kids, yeah. I mean, I guess. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Cops use guns. That's true, but they don't have superhero comics made about them. Hey. No justice, no peace. (laughs) Um, Check this out. Uh, Another thing that arose with the comics, um, remember this guy, I believe we talked about him on the Stanley episode, um, Frederick Vertham. Frederick Vertham? Vertham? This guy, he came up with the comics code that basically said, like, you can't show Mm. this, you can't show that in comics. That kind of changed the whole industry for years to come. Yep, yep. So he wrote a book called The Seduction of the Innocent in 1954. And this was his, you know, we pulled the clip that was like, they're reading comics, you know, they're going to be murderers. They're going to grow, like, they're not going to, because they're kids, they can't, um, Discern the distinct like reality from fantasy, mm-hmm. so they're just gonna like, mm-hmm. kill each other. Like kids playing the violent video games. And so stuff, another, yeah, yeah he, his whole his whole spiel, his whole shtick was that um, comic books uh, corrupted the morals of the youth. And this guy in the book criticizes Batman comics for their supposed homosexual <laughs> overtones. Oh, this is probably the same guy that thinks the Beatles are the reason that kids are having sex and doing drugs. <laughs> Probably. Now, um, 
he says Batman and Robin were portrayed as lovers. Now, I want to ask you guys this because apparently this is a big thing. Like, there's a whole section on the Wikipedia page about Batman being gay and homosexuality in Batman. Okay. <laughs> as we know... You ever seen Catwoman? Come on. Dude, Come you know, on. like, the older comics... Uh, like, there's probably classes on, like, the psychology of Batman, right? If there is, we should take yeah. it. Exactly. And and Superman is another big one. But this whole homosexuality in Batman... I mean, take a look at this. Maybe I'll put this on the Instagram for you guys. Um, this is a panel from one of the comic, one of the comic books, and it pictures um, Batman waking up in the same bed as Robin, just sleeping like pals together in the same bed. Nothing gay about that. <laughs> Nothing gay about that. Why do they? Why do they have to corrupt that? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. This is a, this a book had for never kids. Never crossed my mind until now. This is a book for kids, and um, they're basically trying. This guy, though, he thought like kids would read Batman. And all these like subliminal gayness in there would make the kids gay. Maybe that guy's gay, and he's just yeah. I think he's yeah, projecting exactly, insecurity. Yep. I think <laughs> that's exactly it. I think that guy was probably one of the gayest guys to ever live. Probably gayer than Liberace. <laughs> <laughs> he just locks himself in that closet and could never get out. And so he's writing all these books about other people being yeah. gay. I mean, this guy reads a Batman comic and thinks he's going to turn gay. <laughs> now, by 64, sales of Batman titles had fallen drastically. Uh, Bob Kane says this was a result of DC basically planning to kill off Batman altogether. Um, Jeez. Now, in response to this, the editor at the time, Julius Schwartz, um, was assigned to the Batman titles, um, and he made drastic changes, gave it a whole new look, um, returning him more to his, you know, detective days, the noir, the film noir, that's where we get all that stuff. Um, he brought in this artist, Carmine Infantino, uh, to help, you know, give the character a whole new look. Uh, the Batmobile was redesigned. Batman's costume was modified to give the yellow eclipsed logo that we all know and love. Um, and, you know, yeah. it just kind of goes on from there. There's a fucking shitload of um, comics you can read on this guy. Uh, again, with the 60s and, show, and the TV show, which we'll get into now, um, it got kind of campy, you know, like almost like for kids. <laughs> Um, Frank Miller revamped the series in 1986 with The Dark Knight Returns. Uh, Frank Miller, you know him, guy that did like Sin City, City yeah. Yep. Um, and he got it back to the darker roots, making it super fucking dark. He also does Batman Year One, which is the another one of his awesome Batman comics. And I also was reading this one, Batman the Killing Joke. That's the more recent one, right? Yep, it's yeah. more recent. Now, this one is very fucked up. And also, so the ending joke, uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> tell me if you guys get this joke because I do not get it. So the joke is like Batman catches the Joker. The Joker does all this fucked up shit. I'll talk about it after. Um, gay stuff? No, okay. not gay stuff. Get <laughs> your guys' take on this. So just tell me if you get this joke. So what, um, he says, you know, Batman catches him and he says, hey, this reminds me of these two guys, this joke. There were these two guys in a lunatic asylum. Uh, one night, they decide they don't like living in the asylum anymore. Uh, they decide they're going to escape. So they get up on the roof, 
And across this narrow gap, they see the rooftop and the town stretching away in the moonlight, a way to freedom. Um, now, the first guy, he jumps right across, no problem. Um, but his friend, he didn't make the leap because he was afraid of falling. So the first guy has an idea. He says, hey, I have my flashlight. Um, I'll shine it across the gap, and between the buildings, you can walk across this beam and join me. Uh, but the second guy, he just shakes his head. He says, Is that a joke? He says, what do you think I am, crazy? You turn it off as I was halfway across. You turn off the light. That's the joke. What? I don't get it. Is he just saying they're both insane? <laughs> That's the fucking joke. Uh, I got a good joke. All right. Not but no, no, what is the joke? Do you guys get it? Maybe there's more context in the did you read the whole comic? Yeah, yeah I did. Huh. So I don't you're understand. Only giving me tidbits. Okay. Well anyways, what gotta read the whole comic. Maybe you gotta I'll be crazy it. to understand it. Well, it's obviously it. they're both crazy if the guy's saying he's gonna sh- walk across a light beam. No, it's uh there's like a Oh, is that the joke, or is there like a small beam? You said it was a gap, and he jumped across. Huh. Uh, I don't know. Well, if anybody, obviously both crazy if they're in a fucking asylum. <laughs> well, if you get the joke, let us know. Maybe it's not meant to be gotten. But Batman laughed. <laughs> <laughs> if Batman laughed, you know it's funny. <laughs> so, now this also spawned, um, this comic, so in the comic, the Joker... Uh, Batgirl is Jim Gordon's daughter, Barbara Gordon, mm. and the Joker kidnaps her, shoots her through the fucking spine, and paralyzes her, and then he strips her nude, takes a bunch of pictures, and then later, he kidnaps Gordon, strips him nude, puts a dog collar on him, makes him ride through this fun house with all the pictures of his naked daughter like posted up on the wall, really fucked up, Jeez. and it's that spawned this whole website called Women in Refrigerators, which is like this lady put this page together that's just basically all the fucked up shit that happens to women in comics. Oh, great. <laughs> like, uh, this, uh, in the Green Lantern, they got its name because in the Green Lantern, uh, in one of the issues, his girlfriend is put into his refrigerator, and there's a note that says, surprise for you in the fridge. He opens his girlfriend's body, falls out. Um, and essentially they got... Check this out. They got she's got a list of all the women and all the fucked up shit that's happened to them in the comic saying that basically, you know, that's psycho shit. Well, it's kind of getting at like the nerds that write these comics are psychopaths. Yeah, because they want to do all this fucked up shit to women. It's Charles like, Manson shit. Is that like some Freudian slips that these mm. guys are making? Maybe. Right. Well, you know, check that website out if you're bored. Pretty interesting. Uh, women in fridge refrigerators. Comic books generally associated with nerds. Generally associated yeah. with guys that don't get exactly. Girls, so they don't that, know I think what to do that's what she's okay. getting at. Okay. Women in refrigerators. Yeah. So they're got, chopping them up. Put them in a fridge. Yeah, they're like mad at women, mm. right? Mm. Mm. Sounds like that guy from Mindhunter. What was that guy's name? The psycho. Ed Kemper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now. Uh, that's exactly like some shit he would be doing. Okay. Now. Aside from uh, Batman the Killing Joke, there's also like, um, there, you know, there's all the like, what if universe. We don't have time to get into the whole DC, you know, post-crisis, pre-crisis stuff. But for example, there's the DC Flashpoint universe where Bruce Wayne is actually killed in the alley instead of his parents. 
Mm. Uh, this leads Thomas Wayne to become Batman instead, and he's like a fucking alcoholic, carries a gun. The hero we all need. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, you know, on from the comics, we got the show, debuted in 1966, um, television series. Um, this, I believe, is what really launched Batman into, like, superstardom, would you say, right? I mean, I remember watching reruns of this on TV Land. Adam West isn't on Family Guy without this show. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, this show, they kind of, um, comic was selling 900,000 copies, doing good. Um, so they say, hey, you know, let's fucking make a show. They make this TV show, uh, make it really, like, campy, oriented towards kids. You know, it's like almost buffoonery. <laughs> you know, it's like the pal. <sighs> like, they're wearing tights. <laughs> 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 they're like... <laughs> You know, I mean, you've all seen the show, right? Classic. So now both the show and the comics were successful, but um, the camp approach really started to wear thin, uh, and the show was canceled in 1968. Honestly, not that great of a show. Really? You don't think so? One of the most classic Batmobiles of all time. The Batmobile in there was pretty sick. (laughs) Now, also... um, Is that a Cadillac? I believe so. Show goes on to get canceled. We'll get to that later in the podcast. Uh, and apparently Adam West and Burt Ward were like typecast for decades after, um, unable to escape the reputation of, you know, silly like Don Knotts, like camp <laughs> actor. <laughs> right? Um, so the show really put that twist and that stigma onto Batman. And... The show did not escape, or I guess Batman as a character didn't escape this um, comic vibe until Rob's favorite, 1989. We get the revamp, uh, Batman. Now there was two. There was two like serial type movies in the 40s and early 60s, I believe. But you know, we're not going to get into those um, for our time, honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to get into the good stuff. Uh, 1989. Um, Batman by Tim Burton. Um, Spun off a pretty great video game, I'll tell you that. Arguably the best appearance of the Joker in the franchise. What? Arguably. Okay. I, I mean, I would uh, I would say, yeah. I'm Over saying, Heath? I'm saying arguably. Over He's Heath. saying arguably. <laughs> what I, do you I got? That's unbelievable. The, I love the Heath Ledger version. I'm just saying, you know, Jack Nicholson did a pretty damn good job. No, I'm not taking anything away from Jack Nicholson. But over Heath? You're crazy for that one. I mean, I'm not saying that's my opinion. I'm just saying there that's an opinion that's out there. Okay. Now, this one had a budget of $35 million. Uh Worldwide box office resinue, revenue was close to uh, $411 million. Can you so. imagine if Ray Liotta was actually Batman? Yeah, so uh, I pulled <laughs> some of this stuff. Uh, yeah, it, those considered for the role of Batman in this were Mel Gibson, Kevin Cosner, Charlie Sheen, oh, Tom God. Selleck, Bill Murray, Harrison Ford, and Dennis Quaid. Um, I can't see Sheen, Selleck, or Murray actually doing that. Though. The Joker, though. Dude, he even approached, like, they... Um, I could imagine Kevin Costner as Batman. Warner though. Brothers wanted... Like a big movie star, a big action movie star, uh, Burton actually approached Pierce Brosnan. Ooh, that's, that's James Bond. O, Come yeah. on, yeah, but he had no interest in playing a comic book character. 
Um, and as we said, Ray Liotta had a chance to audition, but he declined. Um, he says he does regret that, though. I mean, I think Ray Liotta at that time, Goodfellas Batman, can you imagine? Mm. I think it would have messed up his uh, acting <laughs> Just imagine like, Goodfellas <laughs> Batman. What's, uh, what's her name in it? What's his love interest name? Vicky Val. So yeah, just imagine Ray Liotta. Vicky, why would you throw that away? We needed that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> fucking Batman getting the coke out of the thing. <laughs> he gets locked up. Jim Gordon could make the best freaking tomato sauce. He used to cut the freaking uh, garlic so thin with a razor blade. <laughs> that would have been fucking incredible. Hey, Jim, you see that helicopter? It's been following me around all day. <laughs> that helicopter's been following me around all day. What's um the other guy, the other gentleman in Goodfellas? Robert De Niro. Yeah, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Robert De Niro's Alfred. <laughs> He's actually, I feel like he would be Commissioner Gordon. Now, uh, for the Joker, get this. They were going to cast, um, of those discussed in the casting, uh, Tim Curry, David Bowie, mm. uh, Robin Williams, oh. even like lobbied very hard for it, uh, and James Woods were all considered for the Joker. And mm. Tim Curry would have been great. Yeah, but, really. you know, Jack Nicholson beat him out. That's a great Joker, just like we said. He received a $6 million salary as well as a percentage of the box office gross. Uh, it's estimated he earned anywhere between $60 million and $90 million. Now, this Batman film, as we have talked about in the past with like comics and shit, made over seven hundred fifty million on merchandise alone. I feel like uh, Tim Burton really was the guy who launched like comic book movies into like big box office movies, like the Marvel shit and the DC shit we know today. Because mm. I mean, who like yeah, they had the Supermans before that, uh. but even those don't really hold up. Like this Batman still holds up. And it's cool because it is like he, Tim's style. Yeah. It's exactly like yeah, a comic. It's just the style. Yeah. That'd be like keeping Ninja Turtles how it was initially. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm Can saying? you imagine if those uh, 90s ones, yeah, were just <laughs> murking people? So not only did it, did like Tim's movie prove that you could make a success out of these, but also the merchandising was a big part. Mm. I mean, you had merchandising with like Star Wars. But oh, I feel yeah. like this was probably the next big thing to really capitalize off of that. Okay. Right? I mean, as we said, we all had the fucking bed sheets, the action fucking figures. t-shirts, action figures. Um, you name it, we had it. Yeah, yeah, you name it, we had it. Fucking Batman, everything. Now, Keaton, who would play the role, um, referred to himself as a logic freak, and he was concerned that Batman's secret identity would be uh, pretty easy to uncover. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is everybody that watches Batman is like, how could they not know? You know? <laughs> so he discussed ideas with Burton to better disguise the character, including the use of contact lenses. Uh, but ultimately, he decided to perform Batman's voice lower, and this would become a fucking hallmark mm. of the character, especially when Christian Bale would do the same technique. 
Where's Rachel? <laughs> no. Uh, Where is she? So basically what Tim said about the film was uh, his whole shtick, his whole spiel on the film was, I liked parts of it, uh, but the whole movie is mainly boring to me. <laughs> it's okay, but it was more of a cultural phenomenon than a great movie. Like essentially, humble bragging. I don't. I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he really uh, is more of a cultural phenomenon than a great movie. But dude, I, mean, I feel like Tim. Okay. Like, have you ever listened to interviews with him? Yeah, he's fucking crazy. I feel like he's just like on another level. Like yeah, alien like he, statue crazy. Uh, he's probably hanging out with Elon. No, Musk. not that crazy. Like he just doesn't care. Like he said, he didn't care about the merchandising. He just wanted to like. He just wanted to make it like his own thing, his own world, and do it the right way, which, I mean, he really did that with the first one, I think, which is why it's such a fucking, it was such a hit. Mm. Now, after the success of the movie, we get the fucking phenomenal cartoon, Batman the Animated Series. Yes, um, we do. 85 episodes between 92 and 95. This is one of the most coveted animated shows of all time. Um, you know, got legendary performances in there, including Mark Hamill as mm-hmm. the voice of the Joker. Of all time. Um, this series also introduced Harley Quinn. Thank God. Um, and it was popular enough to earn two spinoffs, uh, The New Adventures of Batman and Batman Beyond, fucking badass, yep, yep. as well as two movies. Now, I think, obviously, Harley Quinn is probably the most successful thing to come out of Batman the Animated Series. Um, writer Paul Denny, he says he was inspired to create Harley Quinn after watching a performance by Arlene Sorkin in a fantasy sequence on Days of Our Lives. So Days of Our Lives inspired Harley Quinn. Maybe that's something you keep to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Batman, the animated series, uh, actually would go on to pay tribute to Adam West with an episode titled Beware the Grey Ghost. In this episode, Wes himself pro- uh, provided the voice of an aging star of a superhero television series uh, Bruce Wayne had watched as a child, and he later found inspiration from. So essentially, they're basically giving him an homage of saying, hey, Adam West played the character that came before. And really with the animated series, I mean, dude, I remember watching this reruns on Cartoon Network every yep, day yep. at 4.30 before dinner. And that intro is still, to me, one of the fucking greatest intros of all time. It's one of the best animated... I would say it is probably the best animated series. I mean, it's up there with probably, to me, X-Men the Animated Series. Like, both... Yeah, both of those, like, the animation is just so fucking badass. And with Batman, they really made it, like, very fucking film noir, Mm. uh, you know? Like, they've got the fucking uh, Packard, like, old-school cars... The Batmobile's fucking badass. The animation's fucking sick. He's wearing, like, the old school, like, zoot suit, like, detective suits. Hell yes. The whole thing's fucking badass. Nothing bad to say about it, eh? Great show. Like you said, I remember watching it. Came on before Gundam Wing. Fucking badass. Classic, dude. I think Um, that was probably my favorite animated show when I was growing up. Oh, definitely. For me, it was the one I remember the most. It's the one I watched the most. I remember it. You watched a lot of Johnny Quest, buddy. I did. But that was only on for like two seasons, The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest. Captain Planet? You guys (laughs) remember that guy? Maybe we do an episode on him. Yeah, we could. I mean, I was never really a big Captain Planet fan, but we should do an episode (laughs) on Captain Planet. 
Um, and what were you about to say? Oh, I just remember, you guys remember those books where, like, you read through and then there'd be, like, a little picture, and on the side you had to push the button that corresponds with the picture, and it made, like, a sound effect? Or yes, play. I do remember. Dude, those. I had a bunch of, like, Batman animated series. Ones oh, yeah, I think he had, like, one Look of the good. movie ones that was Ooh. that. Uh, but anyways... So after this, well, same year the series drops, we get Batman Returns in 1992. Um, this was again Tim Burton signed on to direct again. Danny DeVito. Uh, yep, Danny DeVito. Now this one they upped the budget a little bit. Mm. Danny DeVito, I love your work. Eighty million, uh, but it only did two hundred sixty-six million. Wow, which is not that bad, uh, but not as not as nowhere near the first one, uh, but. Now, here's what I'm thinking also. Because with Batman Returns, there's a lot of stuff we'll get into. Uh, but I was watching this in preparation. Now, the Penguin, it's very much the story of Moses. I'm sorry, was he wearing red socks? <laughs> Eating pizza? I mean, think about it. Opening scene, he's thrown in a basket by his parents, goes into the Gotham sewers, is raised by penguins, not pharaohs. <laughs> <laughs> and then they kind of did a flip... And his plan is to kill all the firstborns of Gotham instead of the Pharaoh doing it, right? Mm, he becomes the Pharaoh. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you be mad if he looked like a penguin? <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, but uh, we'll talk about a few things with that. Because, I mean, do you guys remember the 92 version? I mean, do you remember seeing it as kids, as young lads? Yeah, vaguely. Okay, so not much. I had it on VHS. I remember that. Uh, well... Rob, you were a bit older. What do you remember about it? Fucking dark. Okay, uh, yeah. But it was yeah. really cool. I mean, still probably one of my faves. Any nightmares the... from that? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So it get wasn't this. that dark. So I'm fucking going through researching this one. Uh, and it is essentially the fast food industry that would go ahead and get Tim Burton fired from the Batman franchise. Wow. We talked about with the first one. The fucking merchandising was huge. They had T-shirts, bed sheets, you know, toys. Now, As we sit here and drink from our McDonald's cups. <laughs> yep. Now, for this one, for Batman Returns, McDonald's paid a $100 million to Warner Brothers in order to market the movie. Uh, and they had these toys in the uh, Happy Meals. Mm -hmm. So they spent months fucking pushing Batman Returns. Now, when the movie drops, it's PG-13. Oh, uh, and we've got the penguin with fucking black goo coming out his fucking yeah, mouth. He's yeah. trying to have sex with every woman in the story. They got fucking killer clowns blasting people with machine guns. Apparently, parents got fucking pissed at this. And again, pre-internet age, the good old days. Uh, so they just wrote in a bunch of letters to Warner Brothers and uh, McDonald's just fucking furious like saying hey you're gonna market this to five to ten year olds for happy meals and then you're gonna have the penguin trying to bone all these chicks and fucking shooting people Angry with nerd he guns. didn't know what to do with women yep, yep, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, essentially like warner brothers stance or first off mcdonald's responded and they were like hey 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 mm. We weren't telling kids to go see Batman. We just were promoting the idea of Batman. And Warner Brothers <laughs> basically said, hey, 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 don't look at us. We didn't give McDonald's any stills from the movie to promote. 
We just said, hey, make the toys. Uh, Tim Burton <laughs> even said, Tim Burton, again, he, they were like, hey, Tim, you know, they're getting pissed. We got to switch it. We got to make it more towards kids. Tim was like, all right, fuck you guys then. He walks away as director, and he says, quote, I think I upset McDonald's. They asked, what's that black stuff coming out of the penguin's mouth? We can't sell Happy Meals with that. It was a weird reaction to Batman Returns because half the people thought it was lighter than the first one and half the people thought it was darker. I think the studio just thought it was too weird. They wanted to go with something more child or family friendly. In other words, they didn't want me to do another one. So, 1995, we get uh, Joel Schumacher Mm. heading up the Batman franchise with Batman Forever, 1995. Okay, well, this was one of the more memorable movies for me. Not because I think it's great by any means. I just remember my dad took me to see it in theaters. (laughs) Why why is that funny? I I don't don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I got to spend quality time with my father. All right. Okay. That's great. All right. And also, I remember the seal song, Kissed by a Rose. Everybody remembers that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, they do. Now, um, this one, they upped the budget even more. Give it $100 (laughs) McDonald's money right there. They said, don't fuck it up this time. Takes in $336 million. Now, this one definitely was... More uh, kid friendly, mm-hmm. um, you know. Although Schumacher did put nips on the bat suit, <laughs> if you want to talk about a gay Batman, then this will be probably the movie to do it. Well, I've got some compelling evidence that actually the f- the sequel to this is because okay. mm. Batman Forever. What we got, uh, Val Kilmer, yep, and he's fighting Riddler, Two Face. Riddler. <laughs> now. Uh, I watched this one as well. Now, some scenes from this look like this. I'm playing The Sims. <laughs> this is right about it. Like time this is very CGI yeah. This is very early CGI, um, so it doesn't hold up too well. But nonetheless, it's um, they should have just let Tim do it in retrospect. That's probably nostalgia what factor. Yeah, making. I mean, I think Tim's Two Face probably would have been better. Tim's Riddler, maybe. Um, oh, how do you beat Jim Carrey at the time? <laughs> man, <that's... laughs> yeah, um, you know. It is so. It is different, you know. It's more family friendly. Um, it's like two chains, you know. How is it like two chains? <laughs> <laughs> you said it was different. Oh my god! <laughs> um, you know, when I was doing a little research myself, I found out that something I thought was kind of cool is they actually show you the villains in order that they kind of came out in the comic books. They stay pretty true to that. Oh, okay. uh, hmm. Yeah, I thought like with this one and with the next one, like they so they already have like one villain established, and then they give the other ones their like origin story in the movie, which is a it's a lot to fit into a condensed movie like that. But mm-hmm. I think they did a good job of it. Uh, but for this one, also Robin Williams in discussions to be the Riddler at one point couldn't have gone wrong there either at the time. Um, in a 2003 interview, uh, Schumacher said, uh, said that Michael Jackson lobbied really hard for the role of Riddler, but was turned down, uh, before Jim Carrey was cast. And apparently, uh, Tommy Lee and Jim Carrey just fucking hated each other. Yeah, because Jim Carrey's a clown and Tommy Lee is a straight shooter. Yeah, but he's playing Two-Face. Straight shooter. Two-Face is a straight shooter? Yes. (laughs) 
He's no. the hard ass. Dude, he's wearing a fucking pink zebra suit. <laughs> that suit is badass. <laughs> but uh no, I was I was watching this interview with Jim Carrey and he was saying like Tommy Lee as you're saying, just imagine this. Tommy Lee, straight shooter, fucking U.S. Marshals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Men in black. Uh, he's sitting down at a restaurant, and Jim Carrey walks in. And again, this isn't uh, this isn't like Jim Carrey now with a beard into like art is all weird. This, this is like peak, uh, yes. really, yeah. like Ace Ventura. Yeah. And the classic. Great he Tommy walks Robert. in. And apparently Tommy Lee, he said, Tommy Lee looks at him and the, the blood just drained from his face. And he said that he hated him. And he was just like, because he was like, hey, you know, how's it going? Like, let me pull up a chair. And Tommy Lee was like, I hate you. <laughs> and then he said, well, you know why? And he said, I can't sanction your buffoonery. Yeah, see, see. <laughs> I could see. That would be like, you. it's like you and Rob, man. You're Jim Carrey going around and fucking with Rob. And Rob is like, Middle fingers up to you. It's just, uh, I, I just, that's just the funniest story ever. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Carrey, who is that probably moments ago was wearing a half zebra pink suit with uh, pink makeup on half of his Tommy face. Lee, Tommy Lee. Uh, oh, yeah, Tommy Lee. Pink makeup on half his face. And then he's saying, I can't sanction Carrie's buffoonery. <laughs> <laughs> now, also for this one, Oh, speak of the devil. Yeah, Batmobile. Um, this Batmobile is one of the more badass ones. Apparently, uh, though, they approached, at first, Swiss surrealist painter H.R. <laughs> Giger, um, and he actually provided a version of the Batmobile, but it was considered too sinister for the film. I got a picture of it here. I'll post this on the Instagram. Now, just imagine, like, uh, okay, just imagine Joel Schumacher, whose idea it was to put nipples on the bat suit <laughs> and do like close-up tight-ups of their ass and crotch, approaching H.R. Giger, just walking into his black mansion. Um, hey, Giger, we're looking for a Batmobile. Would you be interested? Uh, we do the Batmobile for you. With bones. <laughs> I make the Batmobile out of bones. Looking like a, a penis. penis. <laughs> <laughs> we call it the, the Bonomobile. <laughs> Just imagine them getting. I mean, what are, the Batmobile he did looks like the ship from Alien. Yeah, he's just like, yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> he just has it sitting around. Yeah. He's like, yeah, just take this shit. Hey, but I think this design would have been cool for the next movie with Poison Ivy. Like, this looks like something you would, like, trim up a garden with or something. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but anyways, they decided to pass on this. Uh, and For obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. And again, I think with the next film, we get Batman and Robin in 97, and they went even more kid friendly with this one um this was also the first the uh, the only live action film appearance of a uh, batgirl played by alicia silverstone and they recast uh ooh, george clooney batman mm. in this one uh taking on the worst batman ever he's taking on um mr freeze poison ivy and bane right i mean schwarzenegger 
Uh, everybody remembers Mr. Freeze, right? I mean, yeah. what do we what do we remember about this one? I think this was one of the ones I watched the most as a kid. Yeah. And going back and watching them, this one is like straight up the most I think kid oriented, right? It's the hockey team from hell. Yeah, it's just filled <laughs> with like cheesy one liners. And this one is often this is the lowest grossing uh, live action Batman film to date. Uh, pulling in what had a budget of 125 million, only pulled in 238. Wow! Now the merchandising had to be unbelievable for this one. Oh yeah. Okay. Now, uh, although I feel like Batman Forever was the most merchandising. Okay. Uh, maybe I could be wrong. <laughs> but all right, over there, little guy. Again, often considered to be one of the worst films of all time. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> all time. <laughs> yeah. It's, not it's, even it's, ba- Not even just Batman series. Of all time, that like yeah, like not even one of the worst Batman films of all time. It is probably <laughs> oh, the worst God. Batman film of all time, but it's considered to be one of the worst films of all time. Uh, you know, I mean, Schwarzenegger was paid twenty five million salary for the role. Jesus Christ! I mean, think about some of his still has the suit in his house. Some of his lines, dude. They're every single one of his lines is a one liner, <laughs> like somehow working ice into it. Very Schwarzenegger. You think they like let him ad lib? Uh, maybe because some of them don't <laughs> even make sense. Like we were we were watching it yesterday, and he says one that just doesn't even like. It's just a way to say ice. It makes no <laughs> sense. Like it's not even clever. Like if he said like one of them, he says. <laughs> I is, was trying to think of which one we were laughing. One at. of them, he says, is let's kick some ice. Which you know that's like funny because it's a play on let's kick some ass, but. Just watch the movie and look at his lines and just remember he was paid $25 million for that. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, ice holes. And is his dick just an icicle? Because <laughs> he has to stay at zero degrees <laughs> yeah. at all times. No, apparently it was insane having him on set. Like, Because uh, this, again, Schwarzenegger at his peak. Uh, you know, he would, this was peak Schwarzenegger. He's banging the nanny. Um Paparazzi photos Jesus. of him in costume were going for 10K. And you know when he's walking around the bathrobe smoking that white cigar? Yes, I do. Those when, were, that, when that black girl's trying to bang him? Yep. Those were hand-delivered by John Bon Jovi himself. He so came by, and wet. He came by to bring Schwarzenegger Cuban cigars. <laughs> and he was like, oh, we need to color these white, so I smoked them in the film. <laughs> Uh, Arnold, we're not really. It's a kid movie. <laughs> I would paint them white. <laughs> I smoked them in the film. Who told you, you could smoke my cigar? <laughs> There's someone in my room smoking my cigar. Isn't that the redhead Nicole Kidman? Uh, no, this one has um, Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. Oh, that's who I'm thinking. Poison yeah. Uh, well, oh, Poison Ivy. That's your that's your yeah, lady, Adam. Yeah, right there, we go. Yeah, I think Poison Ivy is one of the most badass Batman villains. I really didn't like how they made Bane like a fucking idiot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Bane's one of my favorite of his villains, and he's fucking genius. They I made think him just he look looks like badass though. Oh yeah, he is very. It is very cool costume. Like the tubes coming out of his head. And yeah, stuff. and the bodybuilder that played him actually uh, died not long after the film came out. So poor went out for that guy, yeah. Uh, what else? Too Anything many toxins. Else? No, I think that actually is my least favorite Batman, though, probably. 90s, much simpler time, guys. Credit where it's due. Come on. Uh, Clooney said on an interview with, I think it was Oprah I was reading, that, this is back to the homosexual stuff, 
he said Schumacher's Batman was the gayest of them all, something like that. And he said he actually played Batman as gay in this movie. <laughs> oh, gosh. He said Batman's not gay, but he played him as a gay character in this movie. Now, they were signed on to do a sequel to this one. Like, they already had Schumacher in. Uh, it did not get greenlit, though, because this one did so bad. It was going to be called Batman Unchained. And the script... That sounds very gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Schumacher for you. Uh, the script had the Scarecrow as the main villain. Um, the Joker would return as a hallucination in Batman's mind. And Harley Quinn also appeared as a supporting character. Now, they had George Clooney, Chris O'Donnell, and Alicia Silverstone set to um, reprise their roles of Batman, Robin, and Batgirl. And... Schumacher oh, approached shit. Nicolas Cage for the role of the Scarecrow. Dude, just imagine the gold that that would have been. This would have been a badass movie. Dude, I would have <laughs> right? seen that one. <laughs> right? Um, you betches. <laughs> <You betches. laughs> just imagine Nick Cage as a Scarecrow. Um, however, Batman and Robin received such negative reviews that it failed to outgross any of its predecessors, and Warner Brothers just said, uh, yeah, we're going to shelf that. It's going to be a big no for me, It's dog. coming out in 2020. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Still yeah. with George Clooney. Um, Warner Brothers scrapped the plans for that, and they spent years going through uh, directors and screenwriters before finally setting on Christopher Nolan's pitch for Batman Begins. Now, in 2005, we get uh, the first of the Nolan trilogy, Batman Begins. Uh, what do you guys remember about this one? What do you guys like about the Nolan trilogy? Let's get into that. What I like is that it goes back to kind of like that uh, dark night, you know, darker side of Batman that we were talking about earlier. Okay. Yeah. He's yeah. bringing back the darkness, it's like not a, kids. It's like a badass version of Batman. But what I don't like is he really fucked up the Batmobile. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now we can get into that in our debates, but I also do not like this Batmobile. Uh, but the it's movie not even a Batmobile looks like a damn tank. Honestly, I'm not really a big fan of Batman Begins. Yeah, I think Dark Knight is probably the best of the three. And in, and in we talk opinion. about this all the time, like what sequel is better than its predecessor? Mm. This is a fucking shining example of that, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Begins laid the groundwork. I feel like it was boring, but it had to be out. Well, I don't know if it had to be, but. It laid the groundwork. Yeah, I mean, I just also, I really don't like the Scarecrow as a villain. Mm. Even in the cartoons or anything. Like, I always thought the Scarecrow was fucking dumb. <laughs> it's just he stupid. only had a brain. Uh, yeah, maybe I was thinking of Wizard of Oz. Imagine him fighting Batman. <laughs> <laughs> now, Nolan's trilogy, I mean, it's no secret. Nolan's trilogy, what he did with Batman... He kind of took it and made it deeply philosophical. I mean, this whole trilogy is riddled with like thought mm -hmm, experiments mm -hmm. and philosoph um, philosophical questions and thoughts. I mean, the first one revolves all around fear. Yeah. We got the scarecrow who obviously has that like gas that makes you see things. It's all about fear. It's about Batman overcoming his fears of bats, projecting them onto his villains. And Nolan himself said humanity and realism would be the basis of the origin film. Um, he also said the idea behind the film was a person who would confront his innermost fear and attempt 
to become it. Ooh. Uh, now, obviously, this film was huge. Um, Kevin uh, Feige from the Marvel Universe, from Marvel Studios, um, he said, Chris Nolan's Batman is the greatest thing that happened to superhero films because it bolstered everything. Essentially, he's saying in 2005 with this relaunch, like this proved um, that superhero movies were fucking big, big money. Yep. What this one had a uh, budget of 150 million, pulled in 374 million. Uh, another big like uh, the one of the big like thought experiments in this one is like the classic. Um, you guys have heard the classic like you see a rail car going down the rail and there's like five people tied to the tracks and you can hit the switch and have it kill one person. Like what do you do? You know that one? Not okay. familiar. Okay, so there's a train going down the tracks and there's five people tied to the tracks. You're on a bridge. And you see the train coming. On the other side of the bridge, there's a switch. And uh, the track, it's, the train is on. There's five people uh-huh. onto the tracks. And if you hit the switch, the switch is right in front of you. You could pull it. And there's one person. What do you do? Do you let it kill the five people? Or do you hit the switch and let it kill the one person? So if you hit the switch, you're essentially f- killing the person but letting the other people live? Yes, you're, you would essentially be saving like those five people at the cost of one person. But you're basically taking that other person's life indirectly. Yes. Yep, not indirectly. You are because you're flipping the switch. Yeah, you're making a choice there. <sighs> Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no wrong answer here. It's a philosophical thought experiment for a reason. Just give me your oh, answer. Oh, no, there's a wrong answer. If you kill five people, you're a sick son of a bitch. Yeah, but you're not doing it. That They're just tied to the tracks. But you have a chance to save them. Yeah, but then you have to live with you the fact that you... actively killed the other that guy. That you flip that switch so that other person dies. Because think about if you were never Because if you weren't there, then... If we weren't there, we wouldn't be having this discussion, now would but we? But the five people would still be dead if you weren't there. Not on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> so you're flipping the switch. You are? So see, Adam over here, utilitarian. Best outcome for everybody possible. Least amount of people dying. Or you're saying don't flip it? Yep. So you're saying just let... Fate yep. have its way. So the the whole question here is, is there a difference between killing a person and letting a person die? Oh, yes. Yeah. Because in the Adam end... wants to kill someone. In the, <laughs> <laughs> in hey, the, some people don't want to be saved. Because in the end... Oh, great lie. In the end of Batman, it, like, Raja Ghoul's on the fucking subway thing, and he's like, I'm not going to kill you. Boom, but I'm going to jump out of here and let you die. Batman... Is saying, hey, so Batman, I guess, is saying, let the five people die. And that's why he's the most. <laughs> that's <why> he li- <laughs> <laughs> but Adam here is best outcome for everybody. And where do you stand? I mean, honestly, I think I'd flip the switch. I'm utilitarian. Uh-huh. Now, would it make a difference if that one person was, say, your sister? Oh, man. Yeah. 
<laughs> so you would then let the vibe well, be too late because that one person <laughs> was yeah. just too- ah! <laughs> boom. <laughs> That's the experiment, bitches. <laughs> we, I got another. I got loads more thought experiments for you guys. So, Dark Knight, two thousand eight. What do we remember about this one, guys? I remember um, going to see this one in theaters. We saw. I'm pretty sure we saw all three in theaters, buddy. But I remember specifically this one because the projector died and it went into slow motion. <laughs> and we had to go to the other theater. <laughs> so oh, we were there uh, for like nine hours. Yeah, two, 2008, right? Yep, yeah, 2008. This when I came back out. Okay, okay. Yeah. And it's also the best of the three. Heath Ledger. Yes, and not really? only... So we were saying... Batman and Robin is not only the worst Batman of all time, but one of the worst films of all time. Dark Knight is considered not only one of the best Batmans, but one of the best films of all time. Wow. Dark Knight, get this, $185 million, so not that much more than the first one, earned a billion, over $1 billion at the box office. A billion? Yep, it's fucking huge. Now, according to Nolan, an important theme for the sequel was escalation. Uh, Extending the ending of Batman Begins, noting that things have to get worse before they get better. Mm. Um, Nolan acknowledged that the title was not only a reference to Batman, but also the fallen white knight of... Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent. Also, this one introduced... Uh, we get the same shitty Batmobile, but this one also <laughs> introduced the Bat Pod, the motorcycle. Badass. We thought this was badass, right? It was I. It was I. Okay. Did you know that that was that was a real like working thing that you could ride, and the there was only one guy that could ride it because it was so hard to ride and <laughs> so unbalanced. And he said, "Because yeah, that fucking one wheel." Yeah, and he, and front. you have to like steer with your arms while you're laying flat. He said the the only stunt guy that could ride it said he had to like completely unlearn how to ride a motorcycle to be able to manage riding it. And Christian Bale even like wanted to ride it for scenes, but they're like, dude, no, like <laughs> it's way too unsafe. Don't shut me up, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, just imagine his freak out rants on this one. Um, our boy, uh, Roger Ebert, uh, he noted that throughout the film, the Joker devises ingenious situations to force Batman, Commissioner Gordon, and District Attorney Harvey Dent to make impossible ethical decisions. Mm. Uh, by the end, the whole moral foundation of Batman, of the Batman legend, is threatened. This again gets back to um, one of our philosophical mm. questions. You know, this one is all about like choices. Um, the morality of the choices you make because I, I can't remember the philosopher that Nolan like based a lot of these ideas on in the film, but it's like the idea is that um, so the idea of like revenge is cyclical in human nature. It's like chicken or the egg. Sure, sure. I mean, look at religion, war that's been in humanity as long as humans have been alive. Yeah. Um, and it's a cycle. It's gonna keep going on until we're wiped out, right? Mm-hmm. Now he's saying that essentially, like if we all have a scapegoat, like the I, this is the idea very dumbly boiled down from what I read, and it's saying like if if um, hey we can all come together and say hey this one person it's their fault, like the Nazis in uh, Germany, they had the scapegoat of the Jews, uh, which brought them into like an astronomical world power. Now eventually got defeated because they're horrible pieces of shit, but. Um, Essentially, that's what it's getting at, where, like, 
because the whole choice is like Harvey Dent is this white knight. He's what Gotham needs. And Batman, that's why in the end, sacrifices himself, says he killed Harvey Dent so that Gotham could have this hero to like band together over, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, one of the thought experiments in regards to choices is the prisoner's dilemma. Mm. Have we heard this one? Ringing a bell. Yeah. Ringing a bell. Although not as much, I guess, of a thought experiment. The first one, the prisoner's dilemma is like, um, so two guys get arrested. They're in separate interrogation rooms. The cops say, hey, if you give him up, we'll let you go free. He gets 10 years. They say that to both of them. If neither one of you, if both of you remain silent, you get six months each. Oh. Um, so the whole dilemma is, like, who's going to tell first? Like, he wouldn't know if you told, you wouldn't know if he told, but if you both keep quiet... What you're supposed to do. Hey. I don't want no freaking rats on our team, man. Eh? Never rat on your friends, and always keep your mouth shut. But that's the dilemma that... Uh, this is the... Um, remember when the fairies... And, and the Joker gives him the detonators. Mm. And he's like, hey, if you, you blow up the prisoners, the prisoners could blow up you. Both of you are getting blown up at midnight. And what happens? The freaking fairy blows up. No. <laughs> <laughs> None of them push the button yeah. because they're both... Uh, Batman's saying, hey, look, not everybody's as fucking horrible as you deep down. Now, I think immediately what would happen in real life is the Joker would say the rules and then... Phew, Bullshit would fucking <laughs> blow up, right? Uh, I think he'd wait a little bit. Really? So you, th- but you yeah, think because if you do that and then just blow them both up, then no one had a chance to think. That's what I'm through. getting at. Like humans are so shitty at their core that both of them that have the detonators uh, are just gonna fucking immediately is, <laughs> push it. Well, that's the dilemma. Okay. Mm. That's what it's basically proving in the movie. He's saying, "Hey, look." We have a good side to us. It's there. Um, you know, these are the choices we make. And ultimately was his idea to make Harvey Dent a scapegoat, was that a good choice? I think so. Built on a lie, you think? Well, in the third film, we'll see. Well, while we're on the topic of shitty human <laughs> beings, a uh, little fun fact I came across in the research yesterday is that while they're filming outside of Trump Tower in New York City, Christian Bale actually had a chance to meet Donald Trump. Donald Trump actually thought that he was Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce, said, nice to meet you. <laughs> Bruce, why don't you come up to my office and so have a little coffee? Like How's Wayne Enterprises going for you, Bruce? Dog business. Yeah. You're a Playboy millionaire. I'm a Playboy millionaire. <laughs> and he thought that Donald Trump was fucking with him <laughs> so he just kept going on with it like making up stories and he never once was like oh what's up christian bale he just he i think that donald trump legitimately thinks that batman's real he is he's gonna go on and when the nation <laughs> needs him he's gonna go on fucking news one day mate uh yeah i've met bruce wayne he's actually a great person Now, my whole thing was maybe uh, Donald Trump knows a lot about acting, and he's just doing extreme method acting with (laughs) Christian Bale. Keeping him in character. (laughs) He's keeping him in character the full time, doesn't want to break his character. Um, But, you know, that's a hilarious story from the filming of this one. Also, now, what do we think about this? Because I'm thinking, 
So obviously, like the original Batman's, like the Tim Burton ones, they're fucking badass. But at the same time, they're like very low budget and not low, but not like this one. Like from here, this is like the point of no return. Because once you have these Nolan Batmans, you cannot make another Tim Burton Batman or Tim Burton superhero movies. I mean, look now, DC is trying to do these huge, big budget movies. Marvel, all their movies are like giant budgets, uh, giant special effects. Like, if a movie came out that was like lower budget, people would be like, "Oh, this is fucking shitty." So you don't get those like, I don't know. Like, what do you guys think about that? Do you think it's better? Like, this one guy was saying, like, Dark Knight was the first of the superhero films to just take itself way too seriously. And now everything follows in suit. It's cool because, obviously, like, the movies that we're just talking about are fucking badass. But, I mean, I think that for its time, those Tim Burton movies were pretty epic as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, the dominoes have been knocked over. Like you said, you're all in now. Yeah. If you're going to do a superhero movie. It's got to be fucking... Balls to the walls. Yeah, you can't do this bullshit Batman, Superman. Well, that had a huge budget. (laughs) Yeah, and it fucking flopped like a fucking fish. Yeah, we'll get into that. Fish out of water. (laughs) The only other thing I would say about Dark Knight, um, Heath Ledger... You know, basically, obviously, R.I.P. He basically killed himself to do the Joker. So Pour is one he, out for that guy, you know? Now, do you think the movie would have been quite as successful had Heath Ledger not passed on? Okay, see, thank you for saying what we're all thinking here. Because that was actually going to be my next point. Well, come on. <laughs> now, come I on. think I'm, it still would have been a great movie, but I think that him, like, that played a lot into the hype of that movie, yeah, right? especially with the female audience. That's the reason I got to go see that movie. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So really, we have Heath Ledger to thank for getting some of the ladies into the comic book game. Wow. You guys are unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) But nonetheless, pour one out. Great performance. Um, Now, 2012, we get the fucking conclusion um, in The Dark Knight Rises. Now, see, um, this was one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, this is my favorite. I mean, Dark Knight is great. Dark Knight Rises is still my favorite, though. Um, budget of $250 million, uh, pulled in a little more than the last one um, with $1.8 billion. I think this one was more hyped, right? Kind of building up the last one, sure, sure. And remember they leaked, like, the first five minutes? Yeah, yeah. I remember watching that, oh, countless times. And then driving to see it at the midnight premiere with my boss at the time, who was wearing a movie-quality Batman mask, (laughs) driving a black Dodge Challenger. And I was so drunk that I get to the movie, see the title, the first five minutes we had already seen, boom, credits. Like, I I blacked (laughs) out because we were so stoked to see this. Had to go see it again the next day. Uh, Badass nonetheless. See, maybe this was my favorite one again because I remember seeing it in theaters with my dad. Maybe Batman just has that special place in my heart. I I, it does, spot. it does. Now, I think it's badass. I think Bane is fucking obviously one of the most badass villains he's fought. Mm. Uh, you know, he fucking breaks his back just like in the comics, fucking badass. Blows up Heinz Field. Yep. Great guy. <laughs> yeah. So Bane is secretly from Philadelphia. Is that what you're implying? Maybe. Maybe. Now he came from the darkness. 
I was just going to say, I don't like the way they portrayed Bane as much as I did. Even though they made him seem like a dumbass in the older movie, I think that he looked cooler, cooler. on screen in that one. I mean, I kind of like the Bane mask. Reminded me a little bit of uh, the Transplants logo. <laughs> Badass, yeah. dude. Okay. Do uh, the voice. Do the voice. I can't. Come on. I can't do it. Now is not the time for fear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, now, the the philosophy in this one is obviously, so Bane gets the info that, hey, Harvey Dent, the White Knight, the scapegoat, was all built on a lie. We can't live at peace anymore. He removes the cops from the situation, and the city erupts into chaos. Now, and here we go. <laughs> the whole philosophy on this one is like the um, social contract. So obviously in the days of yore, the days of old, way, way back, before society was around, there was nothing to stop me from saying, hey, You've got some berries that I want. I'm going to bash your head in with a rock and take them, and nothing would happen. Right, right. Survival of the fittest. Everybody's fighting everybody. And then somewhere along the lines, it's very fuzzy as to when, um, this social structure was built to where we all sign a social contract to say, hey, I'm not going to bash your brains in if you don't bash my brains in and take my stuff. Now, Bane is saying that deep down... We all long to be back to the days of yore where we could just do whatever we want. He takes everything out of the equation, lets the prisoners loose, and boom, this is what happens. And he upholds that. Now, uh, another interesting thing I thought about this one was like the, um, it is really big on the idea of like class, which I, I always mm. think is like very interesting. I wrote my senior thesis on like the class system. Because what it, what happens immediately, all the poor drug addicts go to the rich end of Gotham and rip the people from their houses, and everybody's just, like, living in anarchy, right? Do we think that this would really happen? Is the social contract even worth it? No. <laughs> just straight up. No. <laughs> it was quick. You didn't have to think as much as the train car. <laughs> um, I think that that would 100% happen in real life. Yeah. If um, So if we remove, like, the structures of society from the equation, everybody's back to the days of yore. Oh, look what happens every time there's a national emergency. Freaking looting, rioting. You're right. You're that happens when the right. Lakers win a championship, too. Or the Canucks lose. <laughs> that's ingrained in. That's human nature. Now, did you know what was heavily influenced uh, what heavily influenced this film? Commissioner Gordon's eulogy. You remember that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a far, far better thing that I do. Pour one out for the bat. Do you guys remember that? It's all coming back. From Tale of Two Cities. Mm. Classic. I mean, do we remember the plot of that book? What happens? The guy is switched for the other guy's sake and he gets beheaded. It's kind of like Man in the Iron Mask. A little bit. And it's also kind of like um, Batman the Dark Knight Rises. He <laughs> explodes the bomb for the sake of the city. He martyrs himself for the city. Now, what are we thinking about that end scene? Is, Bru is Batman dead? I think yes. A lot of people think no. Maybe he's just hiding in France. Because <laughs> what does Alfred say? He says, I would go on holiday and I would imagine that I saw you sitting there 
with a wife and kids, we wouldn't say anything. We would just see, and I would know that you, you know, you're doing good. And in the end, I think it's just an extension of Alfred's fantasy. Mm. I think he's just dreaming that, you know? I'm going to agree with you on that one. Really? Even though they say, um, Lucius Fox says, oh, Bruce Wayne fixed the autopilot. <laughs> right? <laughs> Morgan Freeman right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still thinking, though, you know, just realistically, I think he died, and I think it's better that he did die, right? Because now we got a young Joseph Gordon-Levitt to yeah, take yeah. up the mantle. Yep. That's what I was just going to say. Robin taking over. Yep, Robin. See, every dog gets its day. <laughs> now, shout out Heinz Ward. I will say that this one um, again spawned some tragedy with the mass shooting. Do we mm. remember this? In Aurora. I mean, these Nolan films are crazy. We got Heath Ledger in the one, and now, then wasn't his because of the other movie too? What the last one that he got credit for is supposed to be like super trippy. I think that's what they said. A combination between trying to get ready for the Joker and this other movie, like, just totally fucked his mind. Oh, the guy that did the shooting? No, I'm talking Heath Ledger. <coughs> well, oh. he was also popping a lot of pills and banging the Olsen twins. Yeah, so I think it was. That yeah, I think it was just hey, lifestyle because he was his health was declining apparently, and he was like he's going out with a bang. a lot of drugs, but Literally. apparently, um, that there was a lot of factors with old Heath. But I mean. But then, I mean, the mass shooting, obviously, fucking horrible, terrible, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, this guy. Now, I was reading about this guy, very interesting case, and, um, like, insanity pleas. Mm. Like, you know how this guy, uh, like, pleaded insanity? Well, did you yeah. see his hair? That man was insane. Well, yeah, he used to, they wrote that he, as a kid, um, was afraid of nail ghosts that would pound on his walls, and he saw black shadows out of the corner of his eyes that would fight each other with firearms. Please. Please. um, But nonetheless, he did not get the insanity. He got um, fucking, like, what, 120 life sentences or something like that. No possibility of parole, Um, which is rightfully so. But he's still getting, like, some sort of mental help because the guy is clearly off his rocker. Um, But, you know, just fucking crazy that it happens and and again just like we talked about with the joker i think this added to the lore of the movie Mm. as kind of fucked up as that is i mean i remember hearing about it after and this even like for me i mean i don't know about you guys but now when i go to a movie i fucking think about this shit i don't always but sometimes in the back of my head it's still there i'm like man I mean, do you guys ever consciously, like, change where you sit or are like, hey, like, you know, you're on the lookout. I always sit in the same spot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to be real. I go to the middle row and try and sit in the very middle. Okay. Or I go all the way to the back and try and sit in the middle. I feel like you two are the only people I know that regularly go to the movies still. I feel like it's a dying in, like... No one goes in anymore. Uh, the last couple times I've gone, there's like a handful. I, I mean, can tell you a lot, and especially with Star the, Wars and Marvel, five dollar no, movies, dude. I Tuesday saw, nights, come on. When I saw the second Ant Man, it was literally me, the girl that I took, and maybe four or five people. Yeah, what that's because you saw the, the second Ant Man. <laughs> still a Marvel film. <laughs> what uh, theater did you go to? It's automatically on Netflix, dude. Well, now that's what I'm saying. Now I feel like there's such a transition to. I, I still well, think you guys should go see that The movie industry Spider-Man. is still alive, but I mean, what are we, 
I'm just saying, so it's not something that I, I don't think so about. So you don't think about it at all? Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe start. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm kidding. It's obviously an uh, insane tragedy. And uh, 12 dead, 70 wounded. That's wild. Insane, man. Um, now, moving on from that, uh, we get in 2016 Batman versus Superman. Um, thoughts on this? Nope. <laughs> just nothing. Moving right along. <laughs> what do we think about Ben Affleck as Batman? Well, I also, didn't get a he, chance to watch that one. Because so. he's also brief cameo in Suicide Squad, and then he's also in uh, Justice League. Not as bad as George Clooney. <laughs> yeah. I watched this one, and I'm thinking... You actually watched? Yeah, I did watch. It's it's just long, and like there's no point. They're gonna make a super. Well, they really fucked up by adding Superman. Like it's damn near three hours long. It could have been cool. I mean, Zack Snyder has done some good stuff. I liked Watchmen, and I think his cinematography is good. But a lot of it is just like problems with the story in general. Now, my thoughts, and I believe we've talked about this on another episode, were like um, DC's trying to jump the gun with their extended universe. Like Mm. this was essentially their. Well, they're trying to keep up with Marvel. I know. That's what I'm saying is the problem. This was essentially their civil war. So instead of doing like a Batman movie yeah. and a Superman movie, they went Batman and Superman. Yeah, like they just mm. tried to do it way too soon. Like mm. Marvel spent however long building up to that, Years. and DC doesn't. But um, They busted their nut too quick. I will say probably the worst Batman film. I'd rather watch Batman and Robin. I, mean, I think we all would. <laughs> uh, going off of that. It's because um, Superman, dude. Superman sucks. So You want to talk about it? Superhero I fucking that's love Superman. Easy, Fuck you. Easily oh. identifiable. That guy doesn't even wear a fucking mask. Ever heard of Christopher Reeves, dude? Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> all, right, all right, back to Batman. <laughs> Superman is another episode for another day. 2019, we're getting uh, the first of these Joker origins. Now, what is our thoughts on this? Have you guys seen the trailer? No, every trailer I saw was actually bullshit. Worth yeah, a, is yeah. it worth a watch at all, do you think? Do you even care to see the Joker's origin? I mean, I think it could be cool if it's done right, but what I've seen so far just looks, like, stupid to me. Okay. T-Bag? No, I agree with this guy. I think the story, I'm sure there's a great story there. But you don't care to see it? Not from what I've seen so far, no. Okay. And now, but, I mean, at all. I mean, just, I, would, I would watch it on Netflix or something. Okay. I'm not going to pay So if it was it. free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Nolan's whole thing is like, he wants his enemies to be absolute. He doesn't care about the Joker, Joker's origin. He's just there, you know? Mm. He's saying, I don't need to show him an origin. That's the evil he's fighting. He's there. We don't need to see his backstory. And Nolan, what's also interesting about his trilogy is he said he doesn't want any other superheroes in his universe because then that would like that changes Batman's whole psychology of picking up the mask and being a superhero. Oh yeah, this is exactly if, what Disney's doing to Star Wars. Cuz if yeah, yeah, I guess it's similar. Um but I think it could be interesting. I I will probably go see it on the $5 night, I'll say that. There you go. I think I'd much rather see some more Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Okay. Now before we get into our, our closing segment on debates and stuff like that, um, I just want to um, rant on one quick thing. One thing I actually do like about the DC Universe is that they're not using real uh, cities. This is completely fake. Uh, you know, Like Carl Sagan said about superheroes, he says he doesn't like the idea of superheroes because 
um, it makes the rest of us complicit. Mm. It's like, oh, hey, there's our problems. Uh, superheroes going to take care of it. I'll sit back and let it happen. You know, superheroes allow us to not uh, take responsibility over our own fate. I'm not going to save that one person on the tracks. Someone else will. Uh, Superman's going to come along and do it. Now, it could also, you could say, hey, no, 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 no. We're not literally saying, Carl Sagan, come on, you're a scientist. We're not literally saying Superman's going to save somebody. It's just he is a a moral that you should strive to be like him, Mm. right? He's an influence, a fucking role model. Well. That's someone that's taking uh, comics a little too serious. That's <laughs> <laughs> Carl Sagan. Carl taking those comics a little too seriously. Now, I'm saying, um, you know, with all these Marvel movies coming out, little government conspiracy rant, they are conditioning us mm. to be complicit. You know, hey, don't worry about global warming. Don't worry about the globe getting hotter. Don't worry about a fucking clown being in office. Don't worry about all these world problems because all these superheroes are going to come along and say, but we need to wake up as people and realize that this is not going to happen. I don't think you need to tell that to us, buddy. (laughs) Now, uh, real quickly, um, let's get into some of these debates. Uh, So... Best Batman as the actor? Christian Bale, but shout out Adam West. Okay, so you're saying Christian Bale does it the best. Now, Bruce Wayne as well? Oh. Best Bruce Wayne, best Batman? Mm. Wow. He threw in Bruce Wayne. Hold on, come back to me on that. Come on, guys. Come yeah. on. All right now, 89. Is it because you've got the 89 vision? So Michael yeah. Keaton, best Batman and best Bruce Wayne? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and throw a curveball. Say best Bruce Wayne? Definitely Val Kilmer. Oh. Um, best Batman? Got to go with Michael Keaton in the 89. Now, Bruce Wayne, this is my own thing. He, I, wanna, I don't think anybody has done Bruce Wayne or Batman justice because I want to see Batman be a giant fucking douchebag. Rob? Honestly, Rob should be crazy. <laughs> Val Kilmer, that's why I think Val Kilmer's the best because if you watch Batman forever, he's a fucking douchebag. Yeah, he's he like, is a douchebag when he's Bruce Wayne. Like she says, um, the lady, the um, doctor like says, she's like, oh, this guy's a wacko. And he's like, Wacko, that's uh, medical terminology. <laughs> like, he's just such a douchebag. Like you guys ever see the Lego movies? Yeah. You know, like how they make Batman a douche. Yeah. Like the Millennium Falcon comes and he's like, comes back and he's like, turns out there was no chicks. That Wookie guy's a dude. So is the <laughs> robot dude. No chicks. <laughs> like that is what Batman should be, right? Isn't that uh, Woods? No, no, no. Who is it? Well, our net. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Uh, but Sorry. if we're throwing the cartoons in there, I will say I think Batman the animated series is the best Batman mm. overall. Uh, how about this one? Best bat suit. What do we got? Batman Forever. You like the nips? Is that what you're saying? Oh, Rob loves the nips. <laughs> 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 no, I just think the I would say the '89, but the like rubber of the mask I feel like fits weird onto the suit and the cape. Yeah. So it's like more streamlined in the forever. And I mean, we can throw the cartoons in here too. Batman Beyond uh, animated, uh, Batman the animated series. Uh, I mean, what are you thinking, Adam? Best bat suit? Give that to the old Aquabats. Yeah. That's the best bat suit is the tights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Now I'm it's saying all muscles there, baby. I'm saying '89 classic because the yellow logo. I do like that. It's gold on forever though. Well, that's your opinion. <laughs> or I'm saying um, Batman Beyond. You know why? Because he's got a full oh, mask on, which yeah. I think is badass. Hey, we haven't seen that before. Mm. Best Batmobile. What do we got? What are you guys thinking? 89, dude. Come on. This is all he's going to say the whole time. Just <laughs> 89, when you get to best villains, you just say 89. I uh, said the fucking best suit is Batman Forever. I will go Batman Forever as best Batmobile. I think that one's badass, dude. The one that looks like a damn spider. Or actually, you know what? I'm scrapping that. 66. I love the fucking classic black yeah, and red sick. with the bubble windshield. Yeah, that <laughs> I think one's that's sad. fucking badass. The Homer Simpson car. What do you got, T-Bang? Yo, I actually like the uh, motorcycle. I just like how the well, fucking, when well, you get in, device that he rides. when he sits in and it like slides forward to yeah. shut, that was so badass. You uh, would that. you say, so what would you, you would say the motorcycle is his best vehicle? Yeah. I like the fucking bat wing. Take a look at the bat wing, bitch. <laughs> I fucking love that. Uh, now, best villain of all time. Obviously, I think Batman's got some of the best villains of all time. Um, Joker, Two-Face, Riddler, Scarecrow, Penguin, Mr. Freeze, Ooh. Poison Ivy, Killer Croc, Bane, Clayface, Black Mask, Mad Hatter, uh, Man Bat, Raja Ghoul, Ventriloquist, Deadshot, um, Deathstroke, Harley <laughs> Quinn, uh, Penny Plunder, Vampire, uh, The Mad Monk. That's a porn star. Dude. Man. Dude, we kind of overlooked the uh, Batman Ninja that bat suit was pretty fucking badass. Oh yeah, yeah, up. we did. Yeah, um, Batman Ninja. If you haven't got a chance, check it out. Fucking, I think it came out last year. Badass, um, all Japanese animation. Um, Batman is a samurai, basically, it's in a time warp, transported back to Japan in the days of yore. Oh, they did this in Ninja Turtles. That was sick, dude. Oh, yeah, it's it's, it's similar to that Ninja Turtles we were talking about. Show Adam a pick. Um, yeah, I will after. Uh, bat. <laughs> But best villain, what do we got? Okay. Okay. I like the uh, Jim Carrey Riddler. <laughs> okay, yeah. One of my favorites. Great one. Also loved Bane in uh, Dark Knight Rises. And uh, a villain that I want to see or that I'd like to make a movie with, Margot Robbie's Holly Quinn. Okay. Well, we've seen her. Yeah, but I want to be squad. in a movie with her. Okay. It's an adult film. So this is your kind of fantasy you're projecting on us. Yes. Mm. Uh, for me, my favorite villain, Killer Croc, nice. and I'd love to see a fucking good... Uh, I think the version in Suicide was fucking dumb in Suicide Squad. Mm. I'd love to see him do it uh, real justice with a sick Killer Croc. Um, I'm saying top two, Killer Croc, uh, Bane, and you know, I'm throwing in uh, Mad Monk in there because that one's fucking badass. I think the Joker, both the animated version... And Ooh, that is a, good one. a tie between Heath Ledger slash Jack Nicholson. Because he's really? a joker. Dude, I am going to say I like Jack Nicholson's, dude. I think Heath Ledger played him better, but I like Jack Nicholson, like the purple suit and the fucking over-the-top makeup. Yeah. yeah. Um. Also, you know, shout out to my boy Arnold doing Mr. Freeze. <laughs> yep, yep. And I think... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but has it been done in a movie, Deathstroke? I think that would be badass to see. Um, So he was in the end of Justice League, I believe. So I think they're going to do a... um, 
I always thought he was cool animated, so I feel like that would be cool to see. Oh yeah, dude, he's like action. he's one of my favorite villains of all time. Um, Try of all time. Try of all time. No, <laughs> yeah. How about of all time? <laughs> uh, he's fucking badass. I want to see the solo movie with him. Yeah, I think it was Justice League in the end of. I remember him. No one wants to see the man bat, huh? You know, I said I was done buying figures, but I think I might get the Deathstroke figure that, that dropped. Badass. Um, yeah, Man Bat. I just threw that in there because <laughs> that's just like how unoriginal. Uh, we need a we need a villain quick. Like this is a weekly issue. Uh, man Bat. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> reading the comic book backwards. Yeah. <laughs> man Bat. <laughs> looks like the Moth Man. <laughs> um. Now, what do we say about, you know, the legacy of Batman? Obviously, like we said up top, one of the biggest fucking superheroes of all time. Uh, I'm surprised it took us this long to do an episode on the mm. fucking man. And now um, we're talking about fucking. Yeah. Uh, again, the measure of any successful film is a successful porn parody spinoff. Now, they've done a couple. <laughs> um, look them up. They're pretty funny. Also... I will say, going back to the homosexual thing, they've done a lot of gay pornos with Batman. Really? Yes. Adam's favorite is the ones that include Harley Quinn. Dude, I'm telling you, Batman... Oh, they do have one with Harley Quinn and Riley Reed plays her? Believe me. Oh, right. He's already seen it, dude. Come on. Oh, they also did a great one that was a Batman versus Superman one. But, um... (laughs) Jesus Christ. Well, no, it wasn't gay. They double-teamed Wonder Woman in the end. But, uh... It's just, like, the villains banging. But, um... One of the fucking most classic superheroes. I mean, that's what I gotta say. Big part of my childhood. All the toys. Fucking badass. The animated series. Staple. A fucking pillar in my childhood. Batman. Forever. 21. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Apparently, Deadline broke the news that the next Batman movie, The Batman, set to hit theaters June 25th of 2021. Uh, Matt Reeves, uh, who also did Planet of the Apes, Dawn of Planet of the Apes, Let Me In, and Cloverfield, is going to write and direct the new Batman film. And it has been made clear that Ben Affleck will not be in the new flick as this one is said to revolve around a younger Bruce Wayne. Now, that, I think it'd be badass if they did a fucking Batman Beyond film. Oh, that that'd be, could be sick. sick. Yeah. Or, um, you know, if they let Nolan do one more where your boy takes over. Uh, but I think he's getting too old for that. Yeah, now. I think also, you know, Nolan did what he wanted. Oh. Now he's out of there. DC's trying to do their own universe, so I don't think they would bring him in. Okay. And interesting note, before Rob uh, closes this one out, an OG copy of issue number 27 of Detective Comics recently sold for one billion. a cool one mil. Wow. So, you know, if you ever see one of those, be sure to pick that up. You're crazy for that one. We got one of the worst films of all time and also one of the best films of all time. In the same franchise. All in the same franchise. And, and we're not talking about Star Wars. And, you know, I think... It's just a testament to the fact that Batman is one of the best superheroes of all time. And always will be. Yep. And he doesn't even have a superpower. Yeah, really? I mean, (laughs) this guy really weaseled his way in there. He's just a fucking jacked, (laughs) rich dude that likes kicking people's ass. And he's like fucking John claude Van Damme in Bloodsport. You could say that. 
I mean, this guy's fucking badass, doesn't even have a superpower, manages to be one of the greatest superheroes of all time. I mean, if anything, what did we learn here today, guys? Money can get you anything. He's basically James Bond with a cape. Yes. Detective. He's badass. A bunch of different guys play him. Most of them which are badass. One guy sucked at it. Bunch of guys want to be him. The two are one and the same. And there you have it. I mean, Batman, um, hope you enjoyed it. Let us know your thoughts on uh, the Cape Crusader. And if you want us uh, to cover any, I mean, we're going to do, you know, sprinkle in comic book um, episodes here and there um, as they come in. But if there's one in particular that you want us to cover, um, shoot us a message. Let us know. Yeah, hit us up uh, Instagram, as always, podcast from outer space. Feel free to shoot us an email if that's your thing, podcastfromouterspace at gmail.com. Still got a couple of these Alien Jesus stickers floating around, so if you want any of those, holla at your boy. And, uh, you know, as always, thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate and love you guys. Yep, thanks for listening. And um, like Rob was saying, you know, um, feel free to subscribe. Uh, you know, tell everybody you can. Um, five-star review, if that's your thing. Uh, it would really help us grow the show if you like what we're doing over here. And, um, yeah, on that. So long. And thanks for all the fish. Fuck you, pussy ass hater, you should do you. You ain't heard of me, then you should go and get a blues clue. Oops, I mean a red clue. Wayne's here, Sue Whoop. 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 Betty felt that like the end of a pool cue. But I ain't banging, I ain't waving no flag. I'm ATF, but they ain't seeing no badge. It's heartbreak, Drake. I hate to see him so sad. I can